We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the third day of March, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. And Bruce is back to the way it was, you know, same as it always was, just the two of us. How are you doing today? Can you believe that it's March, the third day of March already? I cannot. Um, I'm healthy and alive. Time has been flying by. We've already lost two years. I'm still stuck in like 2019. And we're about um, to lose two countries. Yeah. And we're about to lose two. Well, yeah. That's what it seems like anyway, uh, with Ukraine and uh, Moldova. You know, some are theorizing that Putin could possibly break out west of uh, Belarus and start uh, cutting off the supplies there that are coming in from Poland into uh, Ukraine that are fueling that little proxy war in there. To be honest with you, I'm hearing many different things uh, at the moment. As a matter of fact, another one just dropped in. Another theory's dropped in. Uh, they're saying that they want to create a buffer zone. They want to create a buffer between Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, Czech Republic, and Poland. And kind of, I, I don't want to say recreate the Iron Curtain, but uh, well, <laughs> that's... um. It's kind of what they're doing. Pretty damn here, close. Yeah, pretty pretty damn close. Uh, so I mean, that if that's the case, then that would offer up all the um, all the eastern territories again, and you're going to put them back behind the uh, back behind the Iron Curtain again, again. All of you warmongering pieces of trash in the media and in politics. I hope you're happy with what you're doing. I, I really hope you're happy with what you're doing. Maybe this is the pound of flesh that they're giving up to have the Great Reset and the Western world to go into basically slavery to China. Maybe that's how they got Russia to jump on board with it and be okay with it. I don't know. It just, we, we've talked off air as well that, I don't, I don't know if you've mentioned this on podcasts, but it, it seems to be, uh, the more and more we see and the more we see the fighting and everything and, and what uh, some of the plans are, at least rumored, perhaps the Iron Curtain didn't actually fall. Perhaps it just Drunk. I I've been reading a book on it, and I'm not I'm not very far into it yet. But uh, if I can get the name of it here, hang on just a second. It's called New Lies for Old by Antonali Golitsyn. I would highly recommend you go and pick that book up. Uh, you can get it in physical copy, which I would recommend because digital copies you never know. But if you don't want to spend all that money on it, you just want to read it. I'm sure it's okay to read on like a Kindle or whatever. And if you have ways, you can head over to the Library of Congress. If you have the means of doing this, you can head over to their website and they have it for free for Kindle, which is what I got uh, because the only copy I could get my hands on was like $300. I'm not spending $300 on a book. Bruce, did I tell you that EcoScience, I saw, I, I sent you a screenshot of it actually, didn't I? A copy of EcoScience yeah. went for 1425 euros. That's about $1,550 or $1,550. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's a little, little out of my price range for, for a single book. Um, now you see why I was so happy yeah. to get it for 30 and I didn't even think yeah. twice on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, honestly, uh, to what we're seeing going on, some of the rumors we're ha uh, hearing, the um, 
you know, going back to the uh, um, maybe the Iron Curtain didn't actually fall. Maybe yeah, Russia has been not sure that it actually collapsed uh, in that book. Just to uh, summarize, it's he uh, Galitsyn says that it's going to appear that Soviet Union is actually going to collapse. And what they're actually doing is they're playing the long game. They need to infiltrate your institutions and you have such high standards within your institutions and you have such high moral integrity that they can't do it. It's impossible for them to penetrate it. So they need you to let your guard down. They need to drive a wedge in between the United States and EU alliance. They need to get the US out of Europe. Are we seeing that now? Now, mind you, you might think, oh, okay, well, yeah, some guy wrote that book in, oh, the Union collapsed in 91, or so we were led to believe. He wrote the book in, what, 95, 96? Try the mid-80s is when he wrote it, long before the Chernobyl disaster, even, which some people theorize that Chernobyl is what brought down the Soviet Union as well. When in reality, Bruce, you were telling me, we were having the discussion uh, last night off air about the actual collapse of the Soviet Union, well, the supposed collapse uh, what actually facilitated that collapse to happen? Uh, and it was currency problems, wasn't it? Market problems. Yeah. Yeah, it was the uh, constant, uh, shall we say, struggle between the U.S. and the uh, Soviet Union trying to outdo each other um, basically caused a, um, an infinite loop, if you will, of spending. And um, what are we the doing Soviet now? Union, yeah, well, uh, it seems like it's the other way around now. It seems like the Soviets are, are pushing us to uh oh, excuse me did i call them soviets so you said uh, so it, it seems wrong like they <laughs> it seems like well when your president or prime minister is the head of the kgb or at least the previous head of the kgb and he's been for many years now it's it's difficult to say that your 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 country isn't still um well, now hold on a minute they're not the kgb you know. anymore the kgb doesn't exist Bruce, don't, don't you know that it doesn't exist? As a matter of fact, they went so far as to make sure that it doesn't exist anymore. Do you know what they did after the Soviet Union came down? Do you know what happened to the KGB? Do you know how they you know how they got switched over to the FSB? They changed the sign on the door at the office. That's yeah, all they did. Yeah. The same people ran yeah. it. I thought you were going to say they immigrated to the U.S. and now they're CIA and FBI, but okay. No, actually, but yeah. you could, you could, in a way, you might be able to say some of that because... Uh, a lot of these guys, and I, I heard an expert on the former Soviet Union, uh, I heard him giving a talk on some of these old KGB guys. And it's fun to sit down and listen to him. Very few people have sat across the interview table from KGB defectors to the West. And this guy debriefed a lot of them. And to hear him talk about some of these things from back in the, the days of like the Cold War and stuff like that, it's fascinating to hear it. As And especially him being an academic and he writes papers on it. It's, it's fascinating to read that stuff. And he's, <laughs> he says that he said that um, uh, a lot of the former KGB guys, they didn't stay in like the government when it transitioned over to uh, the Russian Federation and the FSB and all that stuff. They, they didn't, you know, state security, they didn't stay there. What a lot of them did, a lot of them got folded into the Russian mob. That's what we know them as today, is they've ascended to the point where they're in the almost what we would consider the godfather status of the Russian mob, a lot of them. And that's that's interesting. So... Your CIA analysis, I mean, is it, I mean, CIA, organized crime, you know, that intelligence. Uh, yeah. I would argue that they're, you know, the, the Russian mob guys, I would argue they probably have more intelligence than most of our intelligence agencies, to be fair. At least in recent times. Yeah. Uh, did, you know what? On that point, let's just talk about uh, a contributor to MSNBC, shall we? 
Let's talk about this. I saw this the other day, and I when I saw it, I thought, all right, that's got to be fake. There's no way possible that somebody actually said that. It's not. It's it's just not possible. I couldn't believe it. There's an individual who is. And Bruce is going to start laughing when when we talk about this. There's an individual named Malcolm Nance. Okay. Now I'm going to read you his his Twitter bio. U.S. intelligence of 36 years, 36 plus years. He's an expert in terrorism and extremist ideology, torture and Russian cyber security. I'm assuming it's cyber. It just says Russian cyber. I'm assuming it's Russian cyber security. He's a four times New York Times bestselling author. He's a Navy senior chief, a Jedi master. Oh, I'm not quite sure what that means. I mean, I, I understand the Star Wars thing, but what's that got to do with your profession? Uh, he's a widower and he's also a contributor on MSNBC. So he's the the person that they call in if they have whatever. You know, you know how those mainstream media networks are. And here to talk about this is our expert correspondent on blah, 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 Malcolm Dancer. That's who they call for any of this stuff. So Someone tweeted the other day on, on Twitter, and I, again, I, I saw this, I thought there's no way this is true, says the Ukrainian president Zelensky says that Russian forces are trying to seize the Chernobyl nuclear plant that was reported by Bloomberg. Someone responded to the tweet and asked the question, what does Putin want with Chernobyl? And they tagged Malcolm Nance on that. Now, remember, this guy U.S. intelligence of 36 years, expert in terrorism and extremist ideology, torture, Russian cyber security, four times New York Times bestselling author, Navy senior chief, Jedi master, again, I don't understand, widower, and a contributor on MSNBC. His response? It powers central North Ukraine. When I showed this to Bruce last night, he couldn't believe it. I told him this. I told him, I read out the bio. I read out the bio to him. And he says, okay. Okay, so what was his answer? And then I told him the answer. I showed him the answer. And your response? I believe I laughed uh, was was the first thing I did. But uh, the next thing I did uh, was... Um does does anybody remember uh this was this was fairly fairly recently the TV show Chernobyl and the the storyline of that is based upon a real world event that happened back in the 80s where Chernobyl exploded and it is now a radioactive wasteland well relatively speaking it things well, still grow control. there and still live yeah, but it's, it's under control um, mostly except humans, for the dust when they shell yeah. you know there's some shell yeah there's yeah, some dust gets and up there. when they drive their heavy equipment through there yeah um, it does yeah. tend to kick up radioactive material mm. uh but it's in uninhabitable to humans for at least another like two thousand years or something like that mm. um a very long time yeah that doesn't um they they don't use that to power northern ukraine at all that that area is the uh radioactive zone that you do not enter without authorization but he's a u.s intelligence guy he's an expert yeah. on on this stuff and he's a he's a navy senior chief and he's a contributor to msnbc now mm, i yeah. would i would expect you know may, maybe i could discount some of this other stuff you know expert in terrorism extremist ideology torture whatever u.s intelligence for 36 years even if you discount that, just that, if you just discount that, dis hell, discount the, um, well, we, obviously you can discount the uh, the MSNBC stuff, discount the New York Times bestselling author, the four times New York Times bestselling author, not criticizing him for the fact he's made the list. Congratulations to him. I don't know a single chief in the Navy, personally, 
I don't know a single chief that I've met ever, and I've met quite a few of them. I don't know a single chief in the Navy, be it chief petty officer, Navy senior chief, or a master chief, that doesn't know that the Chernobyl disaster happened back in the 80s. I don't know a single one of them that doesn't know that by default. And he doesn't even do a retraction. So just to give you an idea, Bruce said yesterday, don't trust the mainstream media. This is a prime example why. You flip on the mainstream media, you get somebody like this that has that kind of an answer. You going to trust that? Because I'm certain. Oh, it not. gets better. Does it? It gets better. I pulled up his I pulled up his Twitter and looked oh, at you're the, on the Twitter, recent yeah. post. Yeah. Uh-huh. What'd you, what'd yeah. you find? So he has a pinned tweet right off the, uh, at the top. He has a new book coming out. Oh, what is it? Uh, it's called They Want to Kill Americans, the Milita- uh, Militia, Terrorist, and Deranged Ideology of the Trump Insurgency. Oh, for God's sake. You can't be serious. It's He's he's a Trump derangement syndrome sufferer that wrote okay. a book right. about January 6th. Okay. And he's going to sell, what, 50 copies of that? Somebody get him on Joe Rogan, right? So he can sell books. So, somebody get him on Joe Rogan. I mean, he's, he's written other books about... Uh, uh, into Al-Qaeda, uh, terrorist recognition book, um, The Terrorist of Iraq, Defeating now ISIS. Writing, now we're writing a book on, yeah, ISIS wasn't actually defeated. No. Now, now we're writing a book on on January 6th, really? Don't you people have anything better to do? I mean, really, that's that's not even hyperbole at this point. OK, let's move on here. So since we're banning things uh, from Russia, I mean, hell, the virtue, the new virtue signaling now, it's, it's not wearing a mask. That's not virtue signaling enough anymore. Now, if you have Russian vodka, you have to dump it out. I'm seeing stuff from from bar owners who are taking their, their Russian vodka and they're dumping it out in the drain. You dumbasses. That's your profit. You've already paid for that. What's wrong with you people? What in the hell's wrong with you? You people have a serious screw loose. You know that? We're banning everything from Russia. It's gotten so bad. The Americans banned all Russian flights today. All of them. The EU banned all Russian flights. The Russians have banned all flights from the US and the EU. Do you know what that means? Now, I, I understand these, these governments are doing this stupid tit-for-tat BS, but it's the people. It's we, the people, who are suffering. Do you know how many Russians are now stranded across the world that cannot get home? Because you can't have a Russian airliner come into your country because it comes from Russia, and we can't have any of our airlines fly to Russia because it's going to Russia. So what are these people supposed to do? What are the Russian people, the Russian citizens that are stuck everywhere, that have no dog in this fight, that don't want war, what are they supposed to do now? Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok have blocked Russian state media, including RT and Sputnik. Oh, but we still have Chinese state media. That's fine. That's okay. Business Insider reports the tech giants have taken action against Russian state media with multiple platforms banning Russia media across the EU. Facebook, including Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, have completely banned Russian media outlets like Russia Today and Sputnik throughout the EU. Whether or not you agree with RT, it doesn't matter. The fact that they're banning that shows that they will ban anything down the road. That's what it's setting the precedent to do. You post anything that has to do with whatever, Pro-Russia, let's just go with that because we're banning everything that's Russian. You publish anything that's shown to be pro-Putin, you're off the air. That's it. You're banned. Just like with COVID, you post anything that's contradictory to the narrative, you're banned. Bruce, I remember you saying, I want to say it's about about a year ago now, maybe maybe eight, eight nine months minimum, you said, and you, you caught this, you said, they pretty much use the same script. They just changed the scenario every time. And that's exactly what they've done here. Same script as COVID. The same exact thing. Monopolization of perception, banning you if you don't follow the narrative, shutting you down, deplatforming you and, and, and all the rest of it, everything. You called it. 
How did you call that a year ago? Are you are you a fortune teller? Are you a crystal ball reader? Maybe because their um, procedures are so, I don't know, clear, precise, or uh, easy to identify. I mean, they've been using the same tactics for years now. They did the same thing to Trump supporters. You know, they did the same thing to, you know, COVID deniers, anti-vaxxers, whatever they were labeling them. Now so you're pro-Putin. The fact that they're... If you don't agree with... Yeah with anything then now you're pro Putin and you're you're banned yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and if you uh I don't know, you you happen to be religious and disagreed with a certain ideology, well you're a bigot or whatever. It, it or you're a fascist or whatever they say. It's the same thing they've been doing for years now. If you don't agree with their agenda, you're uh, a bigot, racist, fascist, whatever whatever the case is, they use all the same terms. Kind of the same thing here. It's it's gaslighting. It's uh you know, diversion subverting all that all that fun stuff it is it is eu commission president ursula von der Leyen, uh-huh again why is she still walking around she should be in handcuffs commented on the effect of russian media saying the state-owned russia today and sputnik and their subsidiaries will no longer be able to spread their lies and justify putin's war what about your lies what about the lies that your own meps are out there exposing that we played here last week or earlier this week what about that? What about the secret agreements you had with Pfizer? What about the contracts you negotiated with Pfizer and Moderna that are all redacted? That the MEPs voted 72% in favor of releasing to the European citizens and to the American citizens unredacted. Where's that? Where's that call? Oh, but we're, we're banning these outlets because uh, we'll no longer allow them to spread their lies. What if, just, just throwing it out there, what if... This whole Ukrainian-Russian war thing going on. What if this was all just a narrative that they created? They being the elite, the uh, news agencies, the governments and all of that uh, here in the West. What if this was all just a lie? But let's say there really was something that happened in Ukraine. I'm not speculating or anything. I'm just, this is, this is uh, you know, a what-if scenario. Uh, because we obviously don't know because we can't trust anyone involved. But let's say what if. What if Ukraine was the one that was the aggressor here or they were doing something and Russia was actually defending themselves in this case? What if it really was something like that and now they've just banned the entire Russian media so that narrative can't get out? Now, I'm not saying that's what the case is and I'm not saying I support either side in this. The Russians are using it. The video I've seen, they're using cluster munitions and what look like could have been uh, thermobaric weapons. It could have been that they hit a, an ammunition depot and the secondary explosion was the ammo and not a thermobaric. That's possible. But they've used cluster munitions on civilian populace. Whatever whatever the case is, you do not do that to a civilian populace. Uh, so the Russians do look like they're in the, the wrong here. However, I'm I'm throwing that out there. What if it was the Ukrainians that did something? What if the Ukrainian what if it was a sanctioned Ukrainian terrorist attack or something like that that happened on Russian soil and we didn't hear about it because the media is blacking it out mm -hmm. and now they've completely blacked it out. And as we said yesterday, there's so much propaganda coming from all different sides here. I mean, 
I don't know uh, who to who to believe. And quite frankly, even if I did know who to believe, I don't trust any of these people. None of them. I don't trust anybody on the Russian side. I don't trust anybody on our our supposed side. They're not even on our side. I, I say that, but I'm talking about the, the West here in general, just all lumped into one. I don't trust our media outlets. I don't trust our governments. I don't trust our institutions, our politicians. None of it. None of it. I trust none of those people. None of them. This is why we need to we need to look ahead. We need to start breaking away from these people. We need to start establishing our own parallel systems like they're establishing a parallel system away from us. We need to establish a parallel system away from them. We're going to be talking in the coming days and weeks on how we're going to do that. But you bring up an interesting point. I ran across this a few days ago, and we haven't gotten to it yet. Not in detail anyway. We're going to do it now because you and I were doing some receipt checking before we started. And it took a little bit of digging. It took me about four hours to dig this up over the uh, over the weekend, but uh, it was worth the time. We got the actual receipt on it. But this came out today. A Russian embassy claims that the U.S. filled the Ukraine with biolabs to genetically target Russians. Well, that would fit your hypothesis that you just put forward. What if Ukraine was doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing? What if they were doing something that threatened Russia? Because we know that they've been, when I say they, I'm talking about NATO and the West, they've been pushing up to the Russian border. Why? Why? They've been doing that for years. And now they finally met a bully that's punched him in the nose, so to speak, or at least that's what we're made to believe. I'll put it that way. That's what we're made to believe. I still don't know what game Putin's playing. I don't know. He's an unknown for me at this point, still. Either way, I don't endorse what he's doing. Whether it's for this great reset or whatever, whether it's for that or against it, it doesn't matter. You don't invade another country, whether it's staged or real, and you have civilian casualties. You just don't do it, especially in the manner that Bruce was talking about. So a CNN affiliate, now remember, the CNN, okay, fine, but there's there's a reason they called CNN. They explain why. In Southeastern Europe, uh, claims that are the Russian embassy in Bosnia and Let's try it again. Uh, Herzegovina, sorry if I botched that, but yeah, anyway, made bold accusations directed at the United States on Sunday. N1 Info reports the embassy called the American media and government liars. Well, I can't say I disagree with that. Regarding the invasion of Ukraine, stating that there is, and I'm quoting here, instead, there is a special military operation to demilitarize and denazify the Ukrainian regime. Demilitarization because it was the United States that was behind the pumping of of the criminal gang with weapons, which barbarically destroyed the civilian population of Donetsk and Lugansk, including children. The Russians also accused the U.S. of, quote, filling Ukraine with biolabs, which were very possibly used to study methods for destroying the Russian people at the genetic level. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting because that's kind of what the uh, the crazy kooks and the conspiracy theorists, as we've been called here in the West, that have been saying about these um, the these jabs. That's what we've been saying about that. But no, see, we were crazy. But if if they say it about biolabs in their country, well, then that's fake news too, right? So let's look at their claim. Again, I ran across this a few days ago. That article just dropped today, a few hours ago, actually. But I ran across this a few days ago. As I said over the weekend, I saw a map, and I, I mentioned it briefly here at the end of last week. I saw a map of U.S. biolabs in Ukraine, and I thought, no, okay, maybe because we know there's a lot of corruption in there. 
So maybe there's there's a couple of things that they've done in there. I, I don't know. But that could just be something that's this cooked up and, and fake and put out there to, you know, be whatever, because it was just a it was just a picture. It was just a screenshot of something. And I thought, all right, whatever. And then I looked at the strikes that the Russians were conducting in Ukraine, and some of them lined up with locations of those supposed U.S. bio labs in Ukraine. So I started digging and I started looking around. I went to the U.S. Embassy's website. The first stop drove me to the U.S. Embassy's website in Ukraine from the State Department, and they confirm that those labs are there. They confirm that the DOD funded them. Newsweek did a piece that I also referenced last week, last year, about a year ago, almost to the, uh, almost to the date, and they said that the U.S. was developing biolabs in Ukraine to threaten Russia. That was according to Putin's security advisor, one of his security advisors. Of course, that was all you know, fake news and, and propaganda, right? Well, as I started to look into some of these, um, some of these bio labs, it was very difficult to find some information on some of them. So I just started searching the towns. I started searching the ones that I found from the U.S. Embassy of Ukraine's website. I started there, and lo and behold, I turned up something in Odessa, which is in Ukraine, city in Ukraine. And while I was there. I was able to pull a white paper from the Ukraine's Ministry of Health, the Anti-Plague Research Institute in Odessa. Well, biolab, all right, possibly. I mean, it, you know, countries have these things, right? Right? Because we, we need to study infectious diseases. We need, to, we need to look at that stuff, right? Well, let's just look at what they do. Since 1999, our institute has been working in present status. The work is based on the experience of the FSU anti-plague system and achievements of modern science. The Institute is responsible for the quarantine and other especially dangerous infections surveillance. Now, just curious, Bruce, would you assume that that means that they keep deadly pathogens on site? I mean, it sounds like it. Uh-huh. Quarantine and other especially dangerous infections surveillance, meaning they keep them there. They're under quarantine there. They study them. And they look at epidemiological complications analysis, identification and study of isolated agents, state sanitary document pro document projects preparation, and new preparations development. Well, that sounds like sounds like biosafety to you, doesn't it? Does that sound like development, maybe? Possibly? I mean, it's a fancy academic way of saying it. As we started to look through this and we started to, um, to see who they're involved with, and what they're researching. Found some very interesting things in here. The Institute accumulates the unique experience while modern surveillance monitoring epidemics of HIV and AIDS. Well, gee whiz, isn't that something that we're having issues with now with COVID? With the, with the people that have taken a jab, isn't that something we're having an issue with? Yeah, and they just found a new strain of it as well. Huh. Well, it just so happens they have a they have a lab there. Oh, but wait, it gets better. It gets better. We haven't even gotten to the good part yet. They also study STDs, tuberculosis, drug abuse in different target groups in process uh, in process research under supervision of the national and international programs. Well, it's nice to know you can do that. You can look at drug abuse in different target groups, but you don't have a solution to stop the opioid crisis around the world. Interesting. So there's a lot of boring stuff in here. I'm not gonna not gonna bore you with all the details, but. Let's look at their scientific cooperation, shall we? Who are they involved with? Well, let's take a look. The Institute collaborates with many related facilities in Ukraine and abroad. In Ukraine, we deal with the Central SES, Gromyshevsky Institute of Epidemiology and Infectious Diseases, which is in Kyiv, Lviv Research Institute of Epidemiology and Hygiene, Odessa National University, Bokhatsky 
Physical Chemistry Institute in Odessa, regional SESs, Biosphere Nature Reserves. Of course, you have to get samples from somewhere, right? Kind of like caves in Hubei province for bats. The Wuhan Institute of Virology. Just, I mean, you have to have a nature reserve somewhere, right? I mean, of course you do. Got to study those things that just emerge from animal reservoirs. Isn't that what Fauci said? That's what you got to do? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, which also that virus they found that they said came from bats doesn't actually spread among bats. They, they tried to get it to spread among bats and it won't spread among bats. But anyway, that that's that's neither here nor there. Oh, you mean the, the DARPA papers we went over yesterday, it, how it doesn't do that and how everything on there is synthetic and the vaccine is synthetic. So do, do you know what that means? That means they made it. When they say synthetic, that means they made it. Doesn't happen in nature. Abroad, we traditionally collaborate with Russian-related facilities. In addition, we collaborate very tightly with the Canadian Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Canadian Center for Human and Animal Health in Winnipeg. That's their P4 lab in Winnipeg. That's the one where the two Chinese spies smuggled out samples and got them back to China. That lab in Winnipeg. Yeah, same one. The one we talked about here two years ago. Yeah, that lab. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you know how hard that was to find that information back then? Well, yeah. And if you were pointing it out, you were a conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. You were a kook. Yeah. Well, you were a kook to think that it was even going to come here to begin with because it was never going to get out of China. They had it on lockdown. Everything was fine, right? Everything was good. They also collaborate with the Robert Koch Institute in Berlin. It's like the German version of the CDC, for those that are not aware. They also collaborate with Umea University in Sweden. Okay. Uh, and then it goes down here of the, you know, who to contact at the Institute. If you need to contact, they list the name, the phone number, and, you know, a couple of people that they have answering phones and things like that. All right, fine. Then they go on down through the paper about how many people they employ and blah, blah, blah. And you know, right, nobody wants to talk about that. So what do they do? What do they do? Let's look at what they do, shall we? Identification and development of new chemical preparations to effectively deal with EDI. EDI stands for Especially Dangerous Infections. So when they say EDIs, that's what they mean. Especially dangerous infections. Reduction of the especially dangerous infections resistance to antibiotics by joint application of inhibitors and antibiotics. Development of methods for forecasting epidemics and principles of organization of preventative and counter-epidemic measures. Boy, that sounds like something out of Bill Gates, doesn't it? It does. We need to create a pandemic police. But we, we need to we need to have these people get together. We need to build these organizations so they can they can have these uh, these germ games, as he called them. They, they need to war game this stuff out. I mean, what are you going to do in, in Bill Gates's words? What are you going to do when you have a terrorist that takes smallpox to 10 airports? He actually said that publicly. He actually said that the stuff we're learning about uh, uh, various medical uh, drugs that have been on the market for years that are showing signs of uh, halting viral replication, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin quercetin, you know, those kind of things. I'm I'm curious, why are we not doing research on those to see if it can stop the replication of other viruses, uh, of other, because if that's the case, dude, we just found a miracle drug that could help you get over the common cold, really any kind of virus that has, you know, that replicates. If that is the case, like you should be researching hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin and quercetin and all the other types that are similar to that. Find out what it's doing, how it's doing it, and see if you can make it more efficient and safer, which hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are already pretty safe to begin with. And then creating drugs that are available over the counter at a cheap price so that you can help people get over these kind of things and enable the immune system to, to empower the immune system to go after these viruses without risk of the virus spreading 
uh, rapidly and then causing any kind of damages and whatnot. This is like this is literally like a miracle drug if this is the case. If it does stop other viruses, you don't need vaccines for any of this kind of stuff. But therein lies the problem. You don't need vaccines, which means that 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 uh, what was it thirty some billion dollar industry that they just created last year within a, a few what was it like one quarter three months which the, which the stocks are about to yeah. go to zero Moderna's on its way down yeah yeah so uh, obviously you 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 shoot that in the foot and you can't have that happen so we can't do the research on that that we, we can't look into that I see Bruce the only thing I heard out of that from you was anti-vaxxer that's all i heard yeah um there's been more data that's come out on vaccines mmr uh with foia requests and it shows that uh the cdc and fda was cooking the books even back then you no know, you don't say you don't say yeah i don't believe so it. uh yeah i'm a, I'm, a, I, I'm not anti-vax but damn it you guys are making a good case that i should be <laughs> yeah uh, we'll get to some of that here in just uh, here in just a few minutes. We're going to get some data out of the UK. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get to the uh, the Ukrainian oligarch today, Mister uh, Kolomoisky or whatever his name is. We'll get to him tomorrow uh, on the exclusive. Or excuse me, no, uh, no, we're here, we're here tomorrow. Yeah, we're here tomorrow. I, I'm I'm a day off. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. It, the extra day threw me off. So yeah, it's it, it's we we had some yeah. backups last week. So yeah, it's, it was a yeah. Anyway, so on with this. What else did they do? Development of new and or improved methods for diagnosing especially infectious disease. Excuse me, especially dangerous infections. Sorry, especially dangerous infections. We're throwing around all these things now. And it's just it all it all runs together in my mind when I'm trying to come up with it off the top of my head. Development of immunobiological preparations and vaccines against emerging diseases. No talk in here about therapeutics, nothing, nothing with that at all. Evaluation of new methods and approaches for the creation of the original effective antiviral and antimicrobial preparations with the use of the contemporary computer technologies. Does that sound like therapeutics? Well, if you go by the classic definition of therapeutic, the COVID-19 vaccine is a therapeutic. So very bad. Yeah. (laughs) This <laughs> was a very bad one. True. The The side effects for that one is uh, death. It's a pretty bad side effect. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only a minor allergic reaction is all. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and to be honest with you, there is a, there's a, the most unique side effect I've ever seen today. Uh, the Irish press is reporting that uh, whistles will now give you a heart attack. <laughs> When, when somebody blows a whistle, not if you blow the whistle, but if somebody blows a whistle, like if you're at a football game or something, then you could have a heart attack because somebody else blows a whistle. I have to say, you, you guys are very creative. You're, you're getting very creative with this stuff. And if you set your clock ahead an hour, then that could give you a heart attack, too. <laughs> well, that, that just confirms we need to get rid of daylight savings time. I, I mean, that just confirms it. We need to get rid of it. I do too. It's, I, it's an I annoying it's thing. Pick a time, just stick with it, and let's move on. Uh, and of course, the last point here, improving the system of sanitary protection of the territory of Ukraine and penetration and distribution of the especially dangerous infection. I'm assuming that's going to be half a step above a dentist's office. That's my guess here. Uh, because if the Chinese are doing dentist office level, the Ukraine, they're probably half a step above that. So, um, yeah, uh, the Institute has a now this is this is the, the the silver bullet of this white paper, if you will, out of the Ukrainian Anti-Plague Research Institute put out by the Ministry of Public Health in Ukraine. This is the silver bullet. Bruce is already shaking his head laughing. <laughs> you got something you want to say before I before I reveal what's uh, what's really behind this? No, no, go for it. Yeah. 
Okay. The Institute has strong collaborative research connections with organizations from around the world, and it receives financial support from a variety of international organizations, including the STCU, which you found out what the STCU was. That's right. It was uh, Science and Technology Center of Ukraine. That's Science and Technology Center of Ukraine. And the NEDA, you found that one as well. That has something to do with the U.S., I think. I'm, I'm assuming this is the correct... The correct one, it, it is out of uh, the U.S., but it's National Eating Disorder Association. Okay. But well, they do studying, give grants and whatnot. They give grants. All right. Well, they're taking money from anybody they can get. So, all right, fine. Yeah. Um, the Civilian Research and Development Foundation, the University of London. We already mentioned the Canadian connections. Oh, and there's one last one here. The Soros Foundation. I, I'm, I'm betting that's the same Soros. I, I'm betting. Like That's the same reputable organization. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no ties to, you know, no Nazism or anything no, at all. Right? No, there's no, no ties to that no. whatsoever. No, of course not. And of course, USA Today is out today and they say that uh, there's a claim that there are bio labs in Ukraine that are funded by the U.S. government. And they say that that's all been debunked and that's not true. Um, that's, that's not, well, of course, I mean, if that person right there would have bothered to go to the U S embassy's website in Ukraine, it clearly says that they are there funded by the department of defense. I'd say the fact checker needs to check their facts, quite frankly. So there you go. Those papers and that report are all up on our telegram page. You can go there and check it out for yourself. You can verify all that information for yourself. You can make your own mind up, but that took about four hours of digging. Plus another hour that we just put on it here to just to get the the uh, the peripherals of it, if you will, because there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of abbreviations in there that we had to define and all these other organizations that they're involved with. So there you go. There you go. So are the Russians correct or are they not? The, the thing is, though, is some of that research one, the another one in there, the CRDF, that project or grant or whatever organization, they did other things like in Armenia, uh, Georgia, the, the country, not the state for you Americans, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. It's so they, they, they did do some in Russia as well. Yeah. That, so. they've, also, they've also got connections to, uh, to an Indian pharmaceutical company as well uh, that, I, uh, that I was able to, to run down called, I, I lost the name of it, but anyway, they also, had, they also had connections to an Indian pharmaceutical company I was able to run down. But anyway, while you're busy paying attention to the war in Ukraine, we're showing you what's going on behind the scenes that they don't want to come out. We already know what they're hiding here, right? They're hiding the COVID data, the aftermath of this monstrosity that they have created. While you've been distracted by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the UK government quietly released a report yesterday. This dropped right as we went off the air. The UK government released a report confirming the fully vaccinated now account for nine in every 10 COVID-19 deaths in England. Did you hear what I just said? The latest data published by the UK Health Security Agency confirms deaths are rising dramatically among triple vaccinated people while declining steadily in the non-vaccinated population in England, with the most recent figures showing the fully vaccinated accounting for nine in every 10 COVID-19 deaths over the past month. And the triple vaccinated account for four out of five of them. You know, I, I find it fascinating that just as all of this stuff is coming to light, you've got protests and movements across Europe that are ready to smash these people into oblivion, cuff them up, and drag their sorry asses before a judge for what they've done. And now we have a war in Ukraine, and oh my God, you have to be out there and protest for it. You've got protests in Canada 
today. You know, it's okay to protest in Canada today again. It's fine. It's fine. As a matter of fact, you have the uh, whatever the hell her name is, Freeland, the, the deputy prime minister, uh, who I actually I think is running the country, out there leading the protest with, we believe it's Trudeau's predecessor. Bruce was able to find him. It's an old photo, but we're pretty sure it's him. But that's definitely her out there in front of that protest, a massive protest in Canada today in support of Ukraine. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That, that's okay, right? It's just like the BLM protests. That was an excellent example of a protest that that the uh, the political class could support. But you, you stand up for your freedom. You stand up for your choice. You stand up for yourself or your children or for your grandchildren or whatever. You're a neo-Nazi, you're a fascist, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, whatever, hell, whatever the hell label. You stand up for yourself, that's illegal. You're put in prison, you're held without charges. January 6th, the people that organized the Freedom Convoy in Canada, the woman who, one of the organizers, was drugged before a judge today in shackles, and she's been ordered to undergo counseling. Tell me this is not 1984 in real time. Tell me this is not flat out of the Soviet Union, this kind of nonsense. And you know where it's being quarterbacked from, do I have to tell you? The UK Health and Security Agency publishes a weekly COVID-19 vaccine surveillance report, the most recent of which was published on Thursday, the 24th of February. Table 10, found on page 41 of the latest report, shows the number of COVID-19 cases by vaccination status in England between the 24th of January and the 20th of February. And it confirms the vast majority were recorded among the triple vaccinated population. In all, between January 24th and February 20th, there were a total of 1,490,464 COVID-19 cases recorded across England, and the triple vaccinated population accounted for 752,000 of them, while the non-vaccinated population accounted for 404,000 of them. Of them, 303,000 of those cases were children. Overall, the vaccinated population accounted for 1,086,434 cases, meaning they accounted for 73% of all COVID-19 cases between January 24th and February 20th. But if we remove the children from the equation, we find that the vaccinated population account for 91% of all the COVID-19 cases among the over 18 population in England. Safe and effective, right? Safe and effective. Yeah, safe and effective. They're still sticking to that. Safe and effective. In all, there were 9,203 COVID-19 hospitalizations in England between January 24th and February 20th, and the triple vaccinated population accounted for 4,936 of them. Well, the non-vaccinated population accounted for 2,341 of them. But they go on to say, and this, again, this is out of the Daily Expose, uh, and this is linked up on our uh, on our page as well. You can, you can view it there if you like. Uh, but this is where the data doesn't make much sense. We know that Omicron is now the dominant variant in England, and we know it causes illness that is of the equivalent severity of the common cold. Why is it that the data shows that COVID-19 hospitalizations among children are more than double than the amount was being recorded when Delta was the dominant strain? So they look at a table that was taken from the Public Health of England's COVID-19 vaccine surveillance report in week 36, and it shows that between week 32 and week 35 of 2021, when Delta was the dominant variant, there were just 404 COVID-19 hospitalizations recorded among the under-18s in England. Wait a minute, I thought it was a, I thought it was affecting the children, and, and the children were going to we're going to kill everybody. Isn't that what we were told? Isn't that what the mainstream media constantly drilled into your head? Isn't that when the height of the protest movement was starting to gain steam in the UK? I do believe that's about the time they were throwing tennis balls over the fences at number 10. This number of hospitalizations among under 18s is typical for most of the weekly reports. So why are there so many COVID-19 hospitalizations now 
as opposed to them. When we include children in the hospitalization figures, we find that the vaccinated population account for 75% of all COVID-19 hospitalizations between January 24th and February 20th. But when you remove children, we find that the vaccinated population accounted for 85% of all the hospitalizations among the over-18s. So in all, during this time period, this is what they break down. We're in week 51, according to the data here. In all, they break it down to this. Non-vaccinated population, 889 deaths. These are COVID-related deaths, by the way. Partially vaccinated population, 117 deaths. Double or triple vaccinated population, 2,796 deaths. Boy, that doesn't look good, does it? That doesn't look good at all. You see, this is what they're covering up in real time. They released this report. Why is this not all over the BBC? Why isn't this all over ITV? Why isn't this all over Good Morning Britain? Why isn't this on Channel 4 News or or LBC or any of those talk shows? Why aren't the bobbleheads that are out there cheering on that war over in Eastern Europe? Why aren't they talking about this? The same people that tell you that they're against what Putin is doing. Do you actually believe that? Do you actually believe that? They're not against what he's doing. They're for it because it gives them carte blanche to stomp on more of your freedoms, whatever's left of them. Now, you might say, well, this outfit that you're you're referencing here that did this reporting on the, the report that was released by the, the UK government, well, they've been banned from Google and Facebook and Twitter and, and PayPal's taken away their, their crowdsource funding. How can you quote such a discredited organization? Would you say that Dr. Robert Malone is a reputable person. Now, he's only the guy that invented the mRNA vaccines, the technology for it. He He's only that guy. He only holds nine patents on them. Would you say that he's a crazy nut? He was on Steve Bannon's podcast talking about this report that we just went over. This was his take on it. The underlying data, although crude and not adjusted, clearly demonstrate the lack of effectiveness of the vaccine in these uh, pediatric groups, particularly in the young cohort. This is probably a large part of why the uh, CDC has been uh, deleting data and spinning data is because the data aren't supporting efficacy against or effectiveness against Omicron. Now, uh, another article that's dropped or really a summary of data from Great Britain from the National Health Service, again, demonstrates uh, nine out of 10 people dying of COVID have been vaccinated and four out of five uh, dying have been triple jabbed. So we've got multiple lines of evidence that you remember the fallback position has been, well, these vaccines protect against severe disease and death. So at least there's that, even though they don't protect against infection, replication or spread. But now that little domino is falling. So are you are you are you are you comfortable? Are you comfortable with that UK data as you've seen it? Uh, I know people have sent it to me yeah. and others. Are you, yeah, com- you you're comfortable with that? I am. And uh, this is this, you know, the UK is increasingly acknowledging, like in Scotland, that they've been uh, twiddling the, the dials a little bit, just like the CDC has. And uh, so that analysis, I think, did a good job of pulling out that the artifacts that the UK government was creating in their data analysis and presentation. But on on Getter, I've provided direct access to the UK report and people can look at the data themselves and make their own decision. I'm sure this will be argued about over the next week. You see, the war here is not in Eastern Europe. Now, that is a cause for concern, what's going on over there. But quite frankly, because of what all these these psychopaths are doing on both sides, I don't know what's going on over there. And neither do you. 
Anybody that says they know what's going on over there has no idea what they're talking about, nearest I can tell. We're looking at all sides. Hell, I'm still watching Russian state media, and those people are throwing around stuff. And it's just a counter to what everybody's throwing around over here on our side. I don't buy either side. I'm trying to do what, what Neil Oliver said yesterday. I'm just trying to stay the hell out of it. I'm focused. I'm laser focused on what these criminal psychopaths have done here at home. The war is here. It's not there. The war is the people in your government against what they have done to you and your family. It's against the corporations. It's against the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and all the rest of it. Every single person that was complicit in this crime against humanity, in violation of the Geneva Convention, Article 3 and Article 4, all 10 points of the Nuremberg Code. What more do you need? And we have to pay attention to what Putin is doing. If you don't pay attention to what Putin is doing, you're pro-Putin. Have you ever heard of anything more ridiculous? Of course, I can't really say that because the last three years have been ridiculous. It's been a clown show. Don't lose focus of what the real target is. They want to keep you off balance. They want to redirect your attention. You started to wake up to COVID. You started to wake up to the fraud. You started to wake up to their fraudulent data. Oh, we got something else now. You wake up to that, they'll crash the markets. They'll hit you with a cyber attack. They'll turn your lights out. They'll cut off your fuel. They'll cut off your food. It'll be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. As soon as you wake up to that fraud, they'll give you another one. When you wake up to that fraud, they'll give you another one. You wake up to that fraud, they'll give you another one. Until you're so turned around and figuring out how to stay alive that you don't have time, you give up, and you just quit. Well, I'm not going to quit. We knew from the start of this that we were going to be in this one for the long haul. This is their final revolution. If they don't get this right, they lose control forever. That's it. They're finished. Quite frankly, I don't see how they're uh, they're able to remain relevant going much past where they are because I, I think they're just a, a mounting bag of failure at this point with each passing day. I don't see how they can remain in the positions that they're in. You've still got protests across Europe for COVID. You still got them. But of course, you're not seeing that. You're seeing, oh, no, you got you have to protest Ukraine. That's what you get to see. It was just like a couple of years ago. Oh, you have to watch the BLM protests. You have to watch the Antifa protests. That's that's liberal. That's that that's freedom fighters right there. Don't let them redirect your focus. They need to take the focus off of them. You need to stay focused on them, on the power establishment. That is our focus. To use a football analogy, it's the fourth quarter, and we're two touchdowns up, but they've got the ball. You got anything else? You got any comments on, on any of that? UK data, uh, Dr. Malone, uh, any anything I said there at the end? Because we're uh, we're getting close to time here. I, I just want to re reiterate on the data. This is just it's just confirming what we've already been saying. This is confirming what we've been saying since the beginning of this. When we first found those papers on uh, what COVID was, where it came from, uh, you know, it had the HIV spike protein and all of that. That was a research paper out of India. That was in the very beginning. This has all been a manufactured hoax, uh, a Ponzi scheme, a, a way to get money out of uh, government's control, whatever you want to call it at this point. It's been it's been proven uh, true in this entire thing, the, the vaccines and everything that they keep pushing and they want you to take. How many people have died again because they didn't get proper treatments, medical treatments? How many people have died? Uh, we, we've had uh, doctors say uh, the, the treatments that they give. It's an 80%, 86%, somewhere in that range, uh, success rate with their um, the, the treatments that they do using uh, uh, the, the pharmaceuticals and whatnot, and not relying upon the vaccines. If, if it's an 86% efficacy, 
that means 86% of those that died could have potentially not died. Hell, let's change that number and say it's only 40%. Guys, uh, of, of the, the, the number that we have dead, if you could have saved 40% of those by using hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, quercetin, whatever, if we could have, even if just giving them a steroid would have helped, uh, why, why did we not do it? Why was uh, local governments barring you from doing that? Like New York. Why did the FDA and CDC tell you you cannot prescribe ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine for COVID-19? Why did the media, why did social media, why did everybody shut you down from having that information? They, they just killed thousands of people, millions around the world, because they, they buried this data, this information. And people are still dying. And people are still dying because they're being... It, not only are you being barred from getting like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are typically used for other kind of parasitic infections. And you can't even get a prescription for those. It's difficult uh, in many cases and in many states here in the U.S. We, we talked about it in the very beginning. France made hydroxychloroquine. They changed it from being an over-the-counter drug to a prescription drug. Highly And controlled. then that wasn't early. Like a schedule two. Highly as in they put yeah. it. They put it up there with like Oxycontin. Yeah. And the side effects with hydroxychloroquine when you take it as prescribed is very minimal. Comparatively to other uh, medications that you take today, th this stuff is like a placebo. I mean, as far as side effects are concerned, it it's very minimal. But here we are. Thousands of people died. Are we going to hold them accountable? Are we going to hold our pa uh, politicians accountable? Are we going to ensure um, that the, the, the correct people pay for this? Or are we just going to throw someone under the bus, one individual, like that we, we've done with the uh, Steele dossier? We're only throwing one individual under the bus uh, for that one and saying, well, yeah, we got the guy that did it. Yeah, it, everything's good. It, no, you've got to purge the entire system. All of them were a part of it. Same thing here. Uh, you have to go through and you have to find everyone that was involved in this conspiracy and they have to go down for it. All of them. And that includes the administrations and hospitals. This is this is not going to be this is not going to be something like, um, well, you know, next year we're we're done with it. It's over. Hey, you know, we got COVID no. down and beat. No, this no. is something we're going to be fighting for a very long time to hunt no. down who was involved and how deep this goes. These these people got to be brought in for this. I, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. You people in the bureaucracy, you should know better. All right. That, that's just that's all there is to it, that you should know better. You had your opportunity to get off this bus. I said this. 18 months ago, when we saw the data on the vaccine research, when they tried to develop this thing, I said, you're a doctor or a nurse or a medical professional or something. I said, you better be getting off this bus now. You better get off this train ride because these people in these offices, these people in this in this political nightmare that we now find ourselves in, all of us, no matter where you are, from Australia to New Zealand to Canada to the EU to America, we're all dealing with the same problem. All these governments and, and all these corporations that are in bed with, with Schwab and company, all these people have got to be brought to heel. All of them. They've all got to come down. I just told you what you can charge them with. It's in black and white. And that's how it has to be. We are going to have to go. We're out of time. Um, I could sit here and probably rant for another hour and a half, but um, I don't have the time. For those of you who would like to drop us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.